0: Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope. And I hope this encourages you wherever you're listening. Enjoy. Shout out to everyone who is watching online as well. As Al said, my name's Tando, and usually I am in one of the rooms upstairs and uh, hosting online, so it's a massive treat uh, to be here uh, in person, and uh, it's amazing to see a load of new people, uh, unfamiliar faces. It's so, so lovely to have you here, and uh, good to meet you properly, and hopefully after the service, I get to meet you and say a proper hello, maybe have a tea uh, and a coffee, but I love today. I love the baptisms today, and if you're watching online, you're just joining us, we got to baptize a load of of amazing young people today. And um, it reminded me because my name, my full name actually is Tando Luenkosi that's 14 letters, six syllables. So uh, whether it's a uh, doctor's surgery or like baptism services, um, I always think about what it was like, what it would have been like for me as a child because there were different people getting baptized or different people at the doctor's service, like Harry, they go, Tom, he would go, and then it would get to my name. And I've been called Mr. Zulu since I was about three years old <laughs> because people really get scared to say my full name. But it's great, it's great to be here. And uh, I'm just going to tell you, take the next couple of hours or so, I'm joking, next few minutes um, just to look at the Bible and uh, just draw out some things that I think are going to encourage us, um, whether you're at home and you're watching, you're catching up on the week online, or whether you're here today. So I'm going to look at a portion of the Bible called uh, the Gospel of Mark, and uh, the Gospels are... uh, accounts of Jesus's life when he was on the earth. And it follows him and his 12 disciples uh, through their journeys, through miracles and moments that they have. And uh, this moment we're gonna look at is actually quite a famous story where the disciples, there was a plan. The plan started to go a little bit wrong, um, but Jesus made all the difference. And that's the story of my life. Really, that's the story uh, of what we believe as Christians. Um, But we're gonna see that illustrated in this account that we see in the gospel of Mark uh, and it's Mark chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible don't worry the words are going to come up on the screens and we're going to read a few verses Mark chapter 4 and we'll read from verse 35 to verse 41. You can join me uh, as I read it says this That day when evening came, he, speaking of Jesus, said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. And this is the other side uh, of a lake, uh, or it was also called the Sea of Galilee. So they're deciding to go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also a few other boats with him. A furious squall or storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we are drowning? He got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves saying, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm, and he said to his disciples, why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Allow me to pray for a moment, and then we'll get into the message this morning. Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for each and every person that is listening. And Father, I pray uh, two things, Lord, that you'd help me to speak and communicate your goodness, your kindness, your faithfulness. And would you help us to hear what you have to say to us, both corporately but individually as well. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us and make yourself known. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And uh, one of the things I love about the Gospels, one of the things I love about these accounts of Jesus in the Bible, is that it shows me that it's okay to like, be a normal person when I think about the response of the disciples. Because if I'm a disciple, and bear in mind, a lot of the disciples were fishermen. So they would have been used to being on this lake, on this Sea of Galilee. That was where they had their day job. This wasn't like a, 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 an interesting trip that they would have never been on before. This would have been a normal day. And then a storm hits, and then I know if the fisherman's scary, then something's gone really wrong, right? Like if the guy who's usually here all the time, if he's worried about his life, then I'm also worried about my life. And I look at this example that we see, Jesus says, let's go over to the other side. There's a storm. Now the fishermen are scared and Jesus is asleep. I would be saying the exact same thing as these fishermen. I would be waking Jesus up saying, do not care can you not see what's going on we're about to die lord and it's not easter yet this is not the moment where we're about to die like i'm worried i'm scared about what's going on i'd be exactly exactly the same i'd be one of the disciples and it helps me to see that the disciples weren't like these holier than thou people who were chosen they were normal people like me and you with fears with worries with anxieties As well. And I I love Jesus' response to them because he's kind of like, guys, why are you afraid? To which I'd be like, there's a storm, Jesus. That's why I'm afraid. Like the water that we're meant to be on top of is like on top of us. That's the reason (laughs) that I'm afraid. But Jesus' response shows me that he expected them to take him at his word. And his word was, we're going to go over to the other side. He wanted them to believe that he was so trustworthy that regardless of the circumstances and what was going on around, that if Jesus said, we're going to the other side, then they're going to make it to the other side. This show that Jesus is saying, hey, you can take me at my word. You can believe me. When I speak, I'm not going to lie to you. It is a promise. It's not just a declaration of intent, but it's a declaration of what is actually going to happen. Jesus, this whole story... Is showing how trustworthy he is. And the Bible goes to great lengths to convince us, to persuade us, to show us that God, that Jesus can be taken at his word. There's so many scriptures, psalms, and moments that are here to illustrate this truth that you know, when God speaks, you can trust him. We've even sang in the room today about the faithfulness of God, that his promises are true. And really that is the core of what I'm trying to communicate to us today. And one of the, my favorite moments of the Bible, illustrating this truth that we can trust God's word, uh, comes actually in the Old Testament in a passage in a book called Numbers, and the story really quickly is there is a prophet speaking on God's behalf. Someone's trying to bribe him as if to bribe God to change his mind, and this prophet gets annoyed, and he shows us this truth and illustrates it again, that God can be trusted in Numbers 23, 19 to 20 by saying this... God is not a human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act, question mark? Does he promise and then not fulfill? This rhetorical question saying, hey, you can trust God's word he's not like us he's not like human beings in which we change our mind every so often or we have to reschedule or something comes up and then that thing that was a promise can no longer be fulfilled God is not like that he is trustworthy so when Jesus said we're going to the other side to his disciples it wasn't a wish it was a promise And then even this circumstance that comes about, this storm that hits, this reason, this extenuating circumstance that should maybe change the promise that was said comes, Jesus is like, no, even regardless of what's going on, I meant that we're going to the other side. So we're going to look at three things, three promises that Jesus has made, three things that we see kind of become up for grabs in the disciples' response in this short story that I've just uh, read out, and we'll see how these truths, not only were they true for the disciples and true throughout Scripture, but they're still true today. And obviously, the the reason that the disciples found this moment a challenge for Jesus is because for us as human beings, if something comes up, then we're likely to change our mind or realize that things have to change. I mean, we've all been in a position uh, where things have had to change. I mean, I remember being 12 years old declaring my love. These were in the days of MSN. I don't know if anyone had MSN Messenger back in the day. Just give me a little wave if I'm not alone. MSN Messenger, okay, we know what I'm talking about. I remember being about 12 years old, declaring my like undying love to this girl in my class. This girl, I'm now married. This girl is not my wife right now. But I remember on MSN Messenger saying, I will love you forever. I will never leave. You're my one and only. 12 years old. Never had a job, don't know what forever looks like, haven't done my GCSEs, don't even know what they're gonna be. But in the passing of time, my passion changed. I, Growing up, my football team, and it still kinda is, but I've lost my passion a little bit, was Newcastle United. I just loved Newcastle United. Alan Shearer was my guy, had a like, football shirt. I'm now like, not as vocal about my support. Now that it's not the glory days for Newcastle United, my passion has waned uh, a little bit. Circumstances have changed, and my love for those things have also changed. And what I love about God is this, that his promise of passion doesn't change with any circumstance. It doesn't wane with the passing of time. It doesn't change as he grows up and sees what we're really like. His promise of passion never changes. God loves you so much. There is no mistake that you have made. There is no mishap that can happen in life and in circumstances that changes God's promise of passion towards you. You cannot change the fact that Jesus, he loves you so much. And what a phenomenal reminder for these young people today that we get to baptize and declare God's love over you is is consistent. His promise of passion is a promise to you. No mishap or mistake can change God's love for us. And you see what happened with the disciples. They see the circumstance. They see this storm. And they see this mishap, this, this life-changing like moment potentially. They're thinking they're about to die, and they're thinking, if you cared, God, I wouldn't be going through this. This circumstance, they looked at what was going on outside, and it changed what they believed about God's love. We see it in their question to Jesus, do you even care? Don't know if you've ever been through a circumstance that has made you have that same question. To God. Like, God, I'm going through this. Do you even care? Or maybe there's been a mistake that's been made, and you think to yourself, Lord, can you still care about me because of this? And my simple reminder for us all this morning, or maybe it's a revelation if you've never heard this before, is that God's love, his promise of passion to you, is not based on any circumstance, any mishap. Any mistake is based on his decision, his promise to love you with an everlasting love, the Bible says. And I want to encourage us not to try and see signs of God's love purely on the circumstances. We face because God's love isn't a promise that it will shield us from the storms of life, but rather that it will get us through the storms of life, as we see in this story with these disciples. We see that this is a thing that we all do as human beings. We look at the circumstances sometimes and we draw conclusions about God's love. We see this in Lamentations uh, chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3 and a couple of verses here say this, I remember my affliction and my wondering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them well and my soul is downcast within me. He's having this moment of the storms of life hitting and it, it altering his internal disposition, thinking, oh, everything is going wrong. And I love this next word, yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope what are you calling to mind? Because of God's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say this to myself, the Lord is my portion, and therefore I wait for him. I commit to you today, I don't know what your situations are like right now in life. But if it has caused you to ask questions about God's love, I encourage you to do the same as this writer in Lamentations, go on the same journey as these disciples went on, of trusting Jesus, running to him, not thinking that because of everything that might be going on, maybe it's personally in your world, maybe, like me, you've been tempted to look at all the things that are happening in the world and think, Lord, do you even care today? My reminder and suggestion to you would be to remember his compassion that is new every single morning towards you. Remember his faithfulness. Remember his great love that he has for you. Remember that his promise of passion never fails. He loves you with an everlasting love that never runs out. That's the first thing that I wanted us to think about, that God's promise of passion is towards each and every one of us. Um, I don't know, have you ever sent a text that is uh, maybe you to meet somebody and you've sent the text, hey, I'll be five minutes not really knowing if you're actually going to be five minutes. I don't know if you're that person. It's like, hey, I'm round the corner, by which you mean, I'm round a few corners, but if we put them together, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of a corner, like I'll be there in a few. And then you have that moment when five minutes turns to 10 minutes and you have to like text again. What do you say on the second text? I'll be there in a few. Now you just keep it vague because what does a few, What does a few really mean. And I know we've all been in a circumstance, whether it's at work or with somebody where we've planned to meet them. Something happens in life, some sort of circumstance comes up and we have to reschedule. We said we would be there at a set time or we said we'd be there and we'd meet on a set day, but some things happened and now we have to reschedule. Uh, Our presence that was promised is no longer able to be there when we said it would be we've changed our minds. What I love about God is that God never has to reschedule. He never has to send a follow-up text because he's running up, he's running late and his presence is not with us. The promise of his presence, number two, is with us 24-7 360 everywhere we go. I want to encourage you today if you've ever felt alone or you've ever felt like you were going through life and you didn't have support from heaven, I want to encourage you that God's promise, one of His promises towards us, is that He will always be with us. My response, if I was one of these disciples, and the ship is going down. I would not be like Jesus, relaxing, sleeping, don't know how, on this boat. I don't even know, to be honest, church, to be honest, everyone watching online, uh, I don't even know if I would be helping. I would probably be looking for an exit strategy. Like, how do I get off this boat? Is this something that I can do? I know we all said we're going to be in this together and get to the other side, but there's a storm, so every man for himself is maybe what I would be like in that circumstance. I don't know if you've ever experienced something where you thought, oh, I I can be there for the long haul, and then something comes up, a rescheduling moment. But I love Jesus' promise to us. We see it in Matthew 28. And this is the moment where Jesus, he's going up to heaven and he's commissioning his disciples to continue his work. And he talks about going into all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says this thing that I want us all to remember today. He says, and behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. This is the promise of Jesus. It's the promise of God, of his presence to us. There is never a moment in our lives where we succeed so much that God says, amazing, well done, you've graduated, now I'm gone. This is over to you, you'll be fine. There's never a moment that gets so low and so treacherous that God says, you know what, I don't know what's going on, over to you, you're gonna have to figure this out on your own. No, no, no. His promise is that he will be with us always, even until the end of the age, in the highs and the lows, in the mundane moments on a Wednesday afternoon, in the exciting baptism moments on a Sunday morning. His promise is that he is always With us, there is no storm in which He will be absent. Psalm 46 says this that He is an ever present help in times of need. I want to encourage you not to go to yourself and run to yourself in times of need and try and figure out how you can make sense of it all, or maybe that go to person and forget the fact that God is with you even in those moments. The presence of a storm is not a sign of the absence of God, He is with us. Even in the difficult times, we can rest on the promise of his passion that he will always love us and we can rest in the promise of his presence that he will always be with us. Wherever we go, whatever we go through, his presence is promised to us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He never has to reschedule or say he's five minutes away, he is always, he's always with us. And one last thing, and as we go on to this point, the band can join us on stage. I think about this story, and I think about these these fishermen, who would have been in precarious times on the waters before, and There's this storm now. Jesus has declared, hey, we're going over to the other side. And I can imagine the fear. I can imagine the activity on the boat. Buckets trying to get water out of the boat, trying their best to make do and be able to actually get to the other side and fearing for their lives. And I think to myself, at what point does a fisherman go to someone who's trained In carpentry, to help them in a moment when they're on the sea, things must have got real, real bad. To a point where they don't know how it's going to end up. They don't know if these are their last moments around. and It just made me think of times where it's like I've really tried to fix a situation. That I've expected to see a positive change. in all honesty, like this message that I preach today is really for my own comfort as well as it is for everybody listening today. There's been a couple of moments recently, one very recent, where a friend of mine's mum was really ill, rushed to hospital. And um, it was one of those moments where, if you've been in church communities for a little while, we're messaging all of us saying, "Hey, can we pray?" We don't know how it's gonna end up. It might be loss of life, don't know what to do. And I remember us praying, like frantically praying, similar to how I imagine these uh, fishermen would be with their buckets, just doing anything we can, sending encouraging text messages, Bible verses, just praying, Lord, would you do something? Would there be a moment of healing? Would it all be okay? And then we get the like life-shattering news that my friend's mum passes away. And um, I remember just thinking, this doesn't make any sense to me. This feels like the fishermen in this story going to Jesus and like, Lord, you're asleep. What's going on? Do you even care? And I don't know if there's been many a moment like this for you over the last 18 months. Uh, This is one that's fresh for me, but it reminds me of a few moments over the pandemic and even before that, a couple of years ago, with a good friend in our, in our friendship group, same scenario, like with our buckets of prayer, Lord, would you do something? And again, this it ends up with this person passing away. Both times they're Christian and it comes and it rocks your world thinking, Lord, what's going on? How do I make sense of this? And this this third promise that I think about is really my source of hope, and it's the source of hope that I commit to you. If you've gone through moments in life that you've tried to sort, or you do everything you know how to do, and it still ends up not the scenario that you want, and this source of hope comes from Revelation 20, 21 verses 3 to 6. This is what the Bible says. And it says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye and there will be no more death, nor mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, this is God, I am making all things new. Then he said this to me, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. So what promise do we lean on when everything seems like we have tried our best and yet it still ends up not the result that we want, Got the promise of his passion and his love towards us, promise of his presence, but there's also his promise of perfection, that this order that we live in now is not the end of the story, that the way it ends up is that God is going to make all things new, that in that day there will be no more mourning, no more tears, no more death, no more loss because he has come and he has perfected and made all things things new. We get to rest in his love and his passion and his promise of passion towards us. Get to rest in his presence, that faith that he is with me always, but also this eternal hope that we have in Jesus that says, regardless of how it goes in these next 80 years that I have on this planet, I know that our God will one day make all things New that that is the promise of heaven to each and every one of us here today. That when we trust in Jesus, we can trust in His love towards us. that when we trust in Jesus, we can trust in His presence with us, but when we trust in Him, we can trust that, you know what? He is the one who will one day make all things new. That death does not have the final say. That sickness doesn't have the final say. That things ending up in this life not how we want it does not have the final say. That actually God has the final say. That one day we will see a day where he's on the throne and he says, hey, it is done. It is finished. That these three promises, these three things remain. The love that he has for us. The faith that we have in his presence always with us. And this this eternal hope. And my prayer today is that if you're a Christian here, you're a Christian here watching, that you would be reminded of his love, where you need to know that God's love is not based on your circumstances or the things that have happened. That you'd be reminded of his presence, that he is always with you, but you'd be reminded of his promise of perfection. And for those of us who maybe this is all really new, And maybe you're visiting today and someone in your family is getting baptized and you're just here and you're open to this. I want to let you know what our faith has on offer. That there is an everlasting love, a compassion that is new every morning that you can have. That there is a presence, a promise of someone who will never leave you or forsake you, who has promised to be there in your time of need. But there's also a God who gets to have the final say, just like Jesus in this story, that all storms of life, one day he will say, peace, be still, nothing missing, nothing broken, because he's making all things new. So we're gonna have a moment where we get to respond to this God of faithfulness, this God who makes these eternal promises to us, And really, it's really simple. If you want to say today, maybe for the first time, Lord, I want to accept your love. I want to accept your presence in my life. I want to put my trust in you that you're the one who can sort all things out at the end of the age. I'm putting my hope, my trust, my faith in you today. If you want to do that, maybe even for the first time, then I want to give you an opportunity. To pray a real simple prayer, a prayer that many of us here have prayed, and it's just a prayer that says, Lord, I'm sorry for doing things my own way. I accept your love, I accept your forgiveness come into my life. Really that simple, and you don't have to understand everything, but all you need is an openness to God to say, you know what, Lord, I want your love, your presence, your promise, that hope, that eternal hope that's been spoken about. And if that's you today, then in a few moments' time, we'll have an opportunity to pray. I'll invite everyone in a second to bow their heads and close their eyes. And if you want to say, yeah, I want to accept that love, that hope, I want to put my faith in Jesus today, then real simply, in a few moments' time, I'll ask you to raise your hand just to say, yeah, I want to pray that prayer, and we'll pray together. And then equally, for those of us who know and love Jesus, we'll have a chance to respond in worship in a few moments' time just to say, God, would you remind me of your great love to me? Would you remind me of your presence in my life? Would you remind me of your promise of perfection, that I wouldn't get so disillusioned by the problems that we see in this life, that I would remember that one day you are gonna come and make all things new. But right now, can we bow our heads, close our eyes, have a moment to respond? Even for you, if you're watching at home, let's have a moment to respond. And if you wanna say, either for the first time or you want to have a moment where you recommit your life to Jesus, to his love, to his presence, to the truth of the hope, eternal hope that we have in him, then real simply, like I said, we're going to pray this prayer. But if you're saying, yeah, I want to pray that prayer, then on the count of three, I'll just invite you to raise your hand and we'll pray together. And really, that's not for me, that's for you just to make an outward declaration and do something on the outside that lets you know that this wasn't just a fleeting moment that i have actually made a decision to invite jesus in my life i find that that often helps us so if that's you today you want to pray that prayer then on the count of three i I'll just invite you to raise your hand one two three just raise your hand you want to pray that prayer amazing see a couple of people thank you jesus that's incredible amazing well we're going to pray together you can put your hands down and We'll we'll all pray it together so you're not alone. Just repeat after me out loud if you'd like to. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong, but I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you forgive me. Today, I put my hope in you, I put my trust in you. I receive your love, I receive your presence in my life, In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, can we celebrate together for people responding to Jesus in our service? So, such an amazing, amazing thing. We thank you, Lord. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's Saint podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to find out more ways of connecting or if you want to support the vision of Saint, you can head over to saint.church. For now, have a great week and we'll catch up really soon.